0: You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far on no, 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 Oh, you are no, such no, no, a no, no, suck up. No, no. You, you are. defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This, this is the
1: Jobber Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Jobber Knocker Podcast. As always, it's Nessal Alongside for the ride is a man that, well, he's a
0: tribal chief on Fridays, but he shows up on Mondays, JC. Roman Reigns theme is fucking amazing. We'll get to that in a minute but you know what ray ray called me out last week so jabber nation don't you dare be sour put your hands together for the best podcast duo on the planet and feel our fucking power bitch. we're gonna get into aw grand slam we're gonna get into the extreme rules later in the show but nestlemania um We have freaking some big matches this week. One already happened last night on Raw. We have more as part of Grand Slam, these huge matches. But I think we'd be remiss if we didn't start the show, as you mentioned, with the Tribal Chief and the uh, Usos going to Monday Night Raw to take on the New Day in a mega clash that not only turned into one mega clash match, but turned into a second mega clash match.
1: So I saw that, I think Ray sent it out, or somebody on Friday or, or whatever, Saturday, whatever it was. I think it was either Friday night or early Saturday morning, and they were like, oh, on Raw, a no, six-man tag. Which, obviously, everybody knows I, I feel a certain way about a six-man or six-woman tag, regardless. But this match, specifically, was a match that I wanted at Survivor Series. And a lot of people are saying, like, oh, if you wanted it at Survivor Series, you don't know your ass from your elbow. You don't know how the way the wrestling world works. I understand that. Giving it away on free television, they're a television business. I completely understand why they did they, what they did, but... For the people that gave everybody shit about it, you know, oh, you don't know about the wrestling business. Well, the WWE didn't give you a decision either in that triple threat, which was an amazing Matt i sorry, the um, the the um, the six man was an amazing kind of back Reigns and forth. Reigns
0: pinned the uh, goddamn two wins. Brick. What? Reigns had two clean wins. He pinned well, freaking. He pinned was, uh, what's his name, and then re pinned Lashley later. I I look at it more like it was kind of like they gave. They, it was
1: like like you said, it was a Gaga. It wasn't like you well, know. Well, yeah.
0: Of course, it's WWE, but 80% of matches end with Gaga, and you know what? They had to do something for this motherfucker. I'm wearing my Hurt Business shirt today because Lashley has been, along with Reigns, the most dominant force in the company, so obviously he lost because it was a cash-in, but they had to be like, you know what? I know you guys are freaking so excited about Big E. We are too. You guys know that the freaking bloodline is unstoppable, but there's one man who is now by himself with MVP out that is still a dominant force in WWE and uh, he got himself involved in this so it was one man versus six men as far as I'm concerned.
1: Yeah, and look, I mean he he was an absolute stud. I mean, that's really what it comes down to is that Lashley just obliterated the New Day and then of course and I took his his frustrations out on everybody else which I I love seeing Lashley in that aspect of it because, I mean, he's a trained killer. He just looks like one, and when he gets pissed off, it's great, and then, of course, he comes back through and just, like, huff and puffs and talks about how he wants both of them, and then Big E comes back and then wants them. Then poor Heyman comes in. He's like, I'm not going to scream. I'm just going to tell you no. and You know, it's just, and, of course, it sets up what I think is, was I I mean, the the six-man was what I was looking forward to, but the triple threat was a nice surprise. And I went, ooh! Now you're gonna have, have me stick to eleven o'clock because now I'm interested. So they did a great job roping me in, and I and honestly, I thought the Triple Threat was even better than that the Six Man, which was no no slouch in its own. However, yeah, I mean, when you have the Tribal Chief in a match, it seems like you can't have the Tribal Chief lose, which is fine. Although I thought there was an instance where I was like, okay, maybe Biggie beats Lashley, and I could just be okay with that, and the Tribal Chief doesn't have to really take an L supposedly. But I'm curious how you felt about it, because I thought it was a stellar main event.
0: No, yeah, I, I loved both the matches. And to your earlier point about the free TV thing, like, here's the thing. Not only is WWE feeling it a little bit from AEW, but Monday Night Football came back uh, last week. And you've noticed the last two Raws have been arguably two of the better Raws of the entire year, because they know that they have to fight for your viewership right now, between what is going on. Because I mean, Monday Night Football, whenever it comes back, the Raw ratings just plummet and they were already having issues. So they're going to have to do stuff like this, putting these big time matches on TV. I mean, we've seen AEW do it with success and WWE, like they'll occasionally throw one out there. But I think they realize that week to week, you know what? We got to strike while the iron is hot and waiting till Survivor Series. That's freaking miles and miles away. And who knows what happens in between then with all the different matches that are happening? Because Finn could be Roman. I doubt it. But Brock could beat Roman. I think that's a very, very serious thing that could happen here. So it's just, I feel like they felt like, you know what? We got to strike while the iron's hot. People are loving Big E. We bring Roman over to Raw because half the roster is obviously overseas anyways. Our boy uh, Danny Grimwood and Leo got to enjoy a great show over there. Uh, so that's exciting. But yeah, they brought out the big guns for this draw and I think I would expect it to continue the next few weeks. WWE to continue to take pull out all the stops, to try to get your viewership.
1: Well, I'm I'm zeroing in on one specific thing and that's August sorry, October first and October whatever that other number is probably the fifth. The draft? I'm 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 interested in the draft. I think we always know that the draft is really the presentation and then these like random matches in the middle. But I, I believe I mean obviously people have said Roman Reigns versus the Mac for the Universal Championship on one of those. That's a stellar event that that headlined, I think, last year's uh, Survivor Series, if I remember correctly, or some 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 match. And I mean, that's a that's a main event everywhere. No pun intended. But I mean, there's also like the draft for me is like the next big flag in the sand kind of moment, because like you said a long time ago, you love the drafts for many reasons. I mean, we joke about it all the time here. They're fun, baby. But they're also they're also necessary, because right now I've looked at some of the stuff and. There were some great moments on SmackDown. There were some great romance moments, moments on Raw. But there were a lot of things where I went, "Man, that draft needs to come like tomorrow."
0: Do you think there were great moments on SmackDown? I'm I'm looking at this right now. I'm, I'm being nice for once I make the shine. I make light notes. I have zero things from SmackDown in my shine. That was probably the most forgettable episode of SmackDown I've ever watched. I did not. There was nothing that stood out where I was like. Oh yeah, that was great. It was just a lot of fun. Whereas I looked at RAW. Obviously, we already talked about that stuff. But I'm looking at like even though we've seen this, or in an AJ, that was a ton of fun. Uh, Eva putting over Dewdrop again. I enjoyed that. I just I for some reason that match just like they're just Eva's just doing her thing and I love it. And then um, also we had some fresh stuff. We had title changes, but also we had a possible comeback opportunity. Shayna Baszler comes out and beats the living fuck out of Nia. Not only did she squash her, she made her like, she was moaning after the match. Like that was like, you know, every now and then, like you're obviously watching it. We know it's fake, blah, blah, blah. But like Nia went out of her way to fucking put over Shayna in this moment with those fucking whale, like moans, whatever she was making. <laughs> Careful. Like, Careful. Well, no, like, like a whale, like W-A-I-L. It's a whale. You're the one who just made it bad. No, I'm just
1: listen, <laughs> I, I was trying to say it, I thought you were gonna go a different way when you said moaning. No, I mean you no, know I'm I talking
0: just... moans and wails. Like those are verbs, descriptor words. Uh but yeah, no, I'm, I'm actually thrilled she, badass Shayna is back because she's been a joke for like pretty much since she lost to Becky at WrestleMania. We talk about it every week. She's been getting squashed. It was nice to see her come out and kind of get her shit back. We'll see if it continues. But for one week, I think that's exciting. You know, some people, JC,
1: get that the whole like, you know, the pandemic's been very good to you. It has not been nice to Shayna Baszler. The pandemic has been very bad. might have been the, <laughs> just specifically because you said, you know, WrestleMania was kind of the beginning of the pandemic anyway with that uh, Becky match. And for the foreseeable future, like, yeah, we joked about having Nia and Shania, you know, Shania Payne being a huge tag team, and it was for... And they were. They, they were for they a while. Were a huge, they were a great part of that tag team division. They kept it together, really, if you look at it. But after that, like, where do you go after that WrestleMania? You just kind of, they fell off, and they kept doing this, will they, won't they? I was just excited, and I'm glad you put this very high up in the, the shine here, was that... We've talked about Shayna and Naya, You know, will they? Won't they? Will they? Won't they? Forever. And I don't. I don't think we've ever gotten like a definitive match or definitive blow off or, or any type of altercation essentially. But this one for me made me go. It was less than two minutes, and then she did the arm thing with the thing, and she like you said, she's cried and and bitched and moaned and no, please don't do this, please don't do this, please don't do this. That to me made me go, oh man, because we've heard we've heard from people saying you know Vince McMahon may not may or may not be. You know, in love with you know Shayna Baszler, and that's that's fine. This week made me go. I don't know if those reports are are correct because the presentation of Shayna this week went back to NXT days. It went back to the way things were. Now, granted, you and I have have sat here and said we love Shayna Baszler, but when the bell rings, it's
0: kind of a like Samoa Joe. It's it's a snorefest. There's there's those good people that we love the idea, we love everything around the match, but then we get to the match, and it's it's not that like they're necessarily always doing a bad job it's just that that style is not entertaining it's not even like if for someone who loves like pure wrestling or it's it's like those gritty ugly football games that are all defense like there are parts of it you can like appreciate but there's also parts of it that are boring as fuck and shana's style for lack of a better term, is boring as fuck, even though she's a badass and she's awesome. But I did love the also the nuances in this by her of like them really doing a good job of pointing out when they're like kind of thinking about it. Like this is someone that I had come to consider a friend after our Rocky start. We've been through a lot together. They're what two-time women's tag team champions Correct. or whatever they are. Um, but you could just see it's like, I don't want to do this, but I need to do this. I need to hurt you. And like you said, we needed that clean break. I think Shayna more than anyone needs this clean break. I'm sure they're gonna fight again because it's WWE until we get to that draft. But one um, of these two is going to SmackDown. I don't know which one, but uh, I think this this Shayna needed this a lot more than Nia did because, as we know, as much as like. You know, Nia takes a lot of shit. She's always fine because she's fucking Nia Jax. It's just like you're reminded in an instant by her fucking size and power and strength that she can be there. Whereas Shayna needed this. She needed this W. She needed this domination. She needed this ass keeping.
1: I can see Shayna Baszler going to a Fox SmackDown because I think like we've talked about SmackDown is very much driven by the, the sport of it. And I think that that would fit a better mold for somebody like Shayna Baszler. And I think Nia Jax, like you said, JC, is very, very okay with what she needs to do. And I think she did a great job. And this is the other thing. We know that Shayna Baszler hasn't normally had more than one gear. She's very much in the Will Ferrell, you know, like, skate my lane, I'm good at this character kind of mentality. But last night, or Monday night specifically, if you're listening another day, this was the moment where I went, hey, look at that emotion. Look at that hesitation. Look at the facial expressions. She can do it, and she had the opportunity to try, and she succeeded, in my opinion, where she made me go, that was a layer of Shayna Baszler I was unaware of. Then I was appreciative of that aspect. And I think that people give us shit all the time, you know, saying, like, oh, you know, you, you know, like, you don't know what you're talking about, whatever. But we've talked about on this program, like you just mentioned, her style is boring, but the lead-up is great, you know? And so if she can put some of that emotion into the actual matches then I'll care more. But unfortunately, ding, ding, ding. the matches are always the issue. But, like, for instance, Nia Jax, regardless of people say like, whether she hurts people or not, we know that's the MO or people kind of make that the MO of her. But for me, when I watch Nia Jax, at least I know I'm going to not fast forward or I'm I'm genuinely generally interested in what she's doing only because I don't know what's going to happen. But with Shayna Baszler, it's a... Okay, something's going to happen. She's going to do some kicks. She's going to hurt some arms and legs. And then, of rest course, hold. she's, she's going she's she's to roll. Hold. Somehow she's going to roll into the submission magician and then get the choke and be done. And that's great. But I need a different gear when I'm watching the match because what you present to me before and after, the sand, the bread of the sandwich is delicious. It's great. But the meat ain't there. And I agree with you 100% because when I'm, uh, I, there are a lot of people in the WWE that are missing that ginormous meat.
0: All I can think of now whenever we say meat is Big E. Yeah, being like big, big meaty, meaty, meaty men. men slapping each other. Slapping <laughs> meaty <laughs> men. Meaty oh well, meaty. we're talking about a tag team that needed to reset. Something that needed to reset big time was the women's tag team division. Natty and Serena have like they were around losing to Shotzi and Knox like five weeks in a row, then they disappear and those two don't get a title shot. But uh Rhea and Nikki, they they've been together since the never-ending triple threat, threat feud with Charlotte. They kind of had something there. WWE saw it and they decided, you know what? Let's make them a more odd, odd couple tag team, you know? And Rhea's over, Nikki's over. And uh they fucking squashed Natty and Tamina, and they're the new champ. So, you know, whatever, the match, whatever, the blah, 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 whatever you call it. This division needed a reset. These two are very likable. They're fun together. They're going to be on TV every week. So I think this is a good move for the women's tag team division. I agree with you
1: that it is a good move overall. And yes. especially with the bit parading the baby faces out and doing the Connors cure ahead of time, I went, oh, well, they're fucking winning. You know, that there's no yeah, way you going to. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there, there are obvious choices. And then that one was just like, hello, Captain Obvious. But the one thing I will say was I think it did a disservice because you could see this matchup unfolding and I don't know if you had the I mean, you may or may not had the volume up all the way but at one point Natty is like a traffic cop and she's like come on come on come on come on hurry up hurry up hurry up you had to hit your time they had I, I mean this was a jobber alert too like the amount yep. of jobber alerts were just ridiculous like the fact that the tag team titles were in a jobber alert to me is the like I, I understand we had to get where we needed to go and I, I'm, I'm positive in that aspect of it but what I and not that I want a long team to match or a long Natty match or whatever and I understand that but give them more than three minutes. Give them more yeah, no, than guys. five minutes. Like, for me, like, we yeah. joke about all this stuff. But seriously, like, I, I'm always – people think the job alert's a bad thing. I don't. I'm just making a clarification of, like, look at the time on the, on here, people, that they don't dedicate three minutes or more to your favorites or, your, or, or the people that you enjoy watching. There are natty stands out there to me to stands – Hello, I'm the only one. And then there's others, you know, like the Rias and the Nickies. But I'm just saying you have your pickpockets. So when we do the jobber alerts, folks, it's really to let you know that I could go through this entire Raw and none of these matches really matter. You know what I mean? Like in terms of at least this jobber alert sort of kind of mattered because like JC said, it's a restart. But now you get into the the problem of now what? You know what I mean? Like at least not
0: Go ahead. No, I, the, the, now what for me, obviously there'll probably be a rematch, but the big thing for me of the now, the now what is that I think the reason why they rushed this and got over with, cause this probably should have been a match that was maybe next week after the pay-per-view that could have gotten some time, maybe a little bit of shine, but I think they just realized that like this division is fucking dead right now in the water. These two are by far one of the best things we have going in terms of like a baby face act on raw. So they're going to be on TV every week anyways. We have to give some more meaning to their fights. So now that we have the titles on them, now you can have people start chasing them, whether it's these two or maybe Tegan and uh, Shotzi get on TV a little more. Maybe there's other tag teams that pop up, like Mella and Zelina have been hanging out together. Liv and Tony were paired together on Friday. Like, there's starting to be little trickles of tag teams kind of represented a little bit here. So maybe now that we have a champion that is going to be on TV every week no matter what, we can get some legs in this division. So to me, that's why it's like what the actual segment or whatever, like obviously not great. Didn't love it. But I think just the like where we're going is the most positive part of this to me. And I agree with you. But I I, I do want
1: to throw a question out there to you because I don't know. I don't have any intel. I don't know anything specifically. But I am curious because it did come up in a, in a Twitter talk with somebody was – do you just, you have a division on NXT, you have a division, uh, you know, on the main roster, and then both of these are kind of not being represented properly at all, um, especially with the new NXT 2.0, where it seems like you're you're vying for, for TV time now. Maybe it's better to just put these two back together and hope that it's a traveling kind of thing, because I know the reason they probably did it was COVID reasons and stuff, and I understand that, and, and other reasons that the, the roster on NXT is a little bit more stacked, but... I think you're doing both things a disservice here. And, and I, not that I want it to just go away because that's just that's terrible. But I would want it to at least have people have opportunities on all three shows if they could. Like, oh, I didn't get it on Raw this week. Maybe I can get it on NXT or maybe I can get it on SmackDown.
0: That way you don't have to force it in so much. You know? Yeah, no, I agree. I agree, hundred percent. It's the same discussion of having separate Raw and SmackDown tag team titles. It's like just combine them. It'll be better for everyone. Like the you like you already have the women's tag titles floating between Raw and SmackDown, but even like those divisions are both so like sparse. Anyways, it's like really bad. But yeah, in NXT, like when they first added those titles, it was like oh, there's a ton of teams. But well, some of those teams have elevated themselves to the main roster. Some of those teams aren't teams anymore, and you're kind of left with a tag team champion duo that isn't really a duo and the only other real tag team well, they just beat, and then they, the other ones are newcomers so yeah i it's just i think it's a no-brainer to combine them they're not going to because i think they want to keep nxt fully separate as its own thing now they don't really want that crossover anymore that's i think a big part of the 2.0 is Maybe every now and then someone on the main roster goes down, kind of like in the past. When Seamus would go down there and feud with Aiden English for a week, like maybe you have something like that. But I just I don't think logistically they're going to do the sharing titles, even though they should.
1: Okay, moving on to something else, Shiny. What would you like to talk about? That's very positive.
0: I mean, should we talk about the new tag team on Raw?
1: I mean, I I'm very excited by this. I mean- shimmy, shimmy, yeah, baby. I look, I am. Um, I almost gave these guys my comeback because I was so excited. I I was so excited to see this because I went to. I, I first off, I completely forgot Garza was a thing. Secondly, I miss Shimmy anyway, just based on what Joe has done for him. I think Joe has elevated him more than WWE for us specifically because every time I see him, hundred percent. Every time, and I have to give the Joe stopper. Go follow him. Uh, Joe Pollock, forty-seven. Am I wrong? Okay. You're correct. Sorry, it's hard to get these without the uh, the names in front of me. But I'd go follow him; he's a great dude uh, on Twitter. But honestly, he's he's the first one that came to us and said, "You know, Shimmy Shimmy with the with the." I mean, I just was in his two hundred five live. It was in his articles, in his articles back it? in the day, yeah. and so I have to say, I, I I laugh every time. But these two being cousins and having, they're both incredibly good-looking gentlemen. You know, Shimmy's got the dimples, Garza's got the look and the pants flying off and the roses or whatever. Like I I I am all in on this tag team. I know we're probably obviously at the infancy stages of this. However, I'll say this much. I I don't know where the ceiling is with these gentlemen, specifically for the tag team titles, but they're not going to go anywhere
0: else. So let's do something with them. 100%. These are two guys that weren't getting used anyways. They're both great wrestlers there's already like, as you said, like a real life relation there. So that always makes it easier. Like, I think, I think it works. Like, I think these two had a feud. It was, I think it might've been done an XT where they brought up the cousin thing. And that uh, was kind of when Garza was kind of getting introduced, but as we know, like he get, came up hot in the main roster, but he is completely flamed out since that storyline with like Andrade or whatever it was. Um, but it, he's just literally done nothing. He's on main event every week. And then he had those little roast segments backstage with Demi who's on bachelor in paradise. But, uh, yeah, And Oshimi's a guy that I think they they make sense together. It was surprising to see their first match against Mansoor and Ali and to beat Mansoor and Ali because that's obviously another tag team that's kind of starting to come out of the infancy stage that at some point, like, when are they going to turn the page to become contenders? Because, you know, they've clearly gotten some sort of a relationship. There's still clearly some way to go, as we saw on Monday. But I think this was just a fun segment. It was something fresh. It was something new. So good job, Raw.
1: Do you think they could actually call themselves The Bachelors because of the rose thing? Like, I, for me, like I think that'd be kind of funny, but also because you know, just like the like, I feel like the rose gimmick would still work, and they're still like kind of shitty heels, like not shitty like bad, but I mean like they're just kind of shit eating heels essentially. But they're is- be a
0: heel. He's just so smiley. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's if such he, I, a happy so, fucking dude. No, I know that. But here's the thing: like, <laughs> I think,
1: I think, I think Garza could rub off on him. No pun intended. I think in a way that would make him smug. I think that I. I I'm not saying the ceiling's awfully high. I mean, clearly they're third hour tag team, and that's really what it comes down to. But I'm interested at right now because, the, like you said, the tag team division has been so like two or three teams swimming back and forth and doing whatever and hodgepodging it for whatever however long it's been. But for me, I went, hey, this is a hodgepodge that I can believe in. This is an actual like logical thing that I could I could do, yeah. and especially if. Not that Shimmy's ever gonna, you know, get pants that he tears off just like his cousin, or that like he's gonna wear a rose like his cousin. But I would love to see like, that, at least last night they had purple gear together. Like, not that it was the same, but like we're on the I always think having a tag team look similar always buys me it a helps. little bit more. It buys yeah. me in so much more. You know, again, I don't have to see everything. But like the Street Profits, they don't look identical in terms of their gear, but they match. But they match. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's very important in terms of taking it seriously. Like, at least RK Bro, as much as they are. They still wear the T-shirts and they do their things together, whatever. That's fine.
0: They have um, the pose now in the entrance. Pose. Randy's Randy's bought in. That's the, I fucking, I was actually, Luke, that was actually something that I thought was really funny. Was, as they're preparing for their pose, Randy like takes his belt and puts it on Riddle's arm like it's like a coat hanger. Yeah. And then does it. I, I think that's like a beautiful little touch because it fits them so well. Yeah, I mean, I I, I it's hard because I
1: I'm slightly fatigued by RK Bro just a smidge. Oh no! You're insane. I'm not. I, I love it. I feel it's like my I want. A, thing. I feel, I want another gear. I want another shift here, and I mean it's still good with the Spotify listing that made me chuckle, and then of course we get Randy and and AJ, which was obviously a great match, but it's it's hard for me to go like. Like, who's who Who are they fighting? Are they well, fighting so AJ I and think Omos? The, problem,
0: the problem, I don't think it's their fault. I think it got delayed because they were fighting Bobby and MVP. But between the biggie cash in, Roman Reigns coming to Raw and MVP getting hurt, I feel like that kind of made them shift. And that's why they've moved back to AJ and Omas. Cause I just, I don't, I think this is something they just had to audible. And they're like, you know what? We'll just go, these guys are going to get the rematch anyways. And I don't think it's listed on the pay per view. It might not be. It might come in the weeks after, but. Uh, I think that judging by the match on Raw, it makes sense that's where they're going again. Okay. Moving on. What else would you like to talk about? I got nothing else here. Super Shine. I don't know if you had anything from SmackDown that you thought is worth putting because a lot of it to me was just meh. But. So for me, it's little things. The
1: little things, little things. If you know that song, I'm sorry. Anyway, um, it's a good Charlotte reference. Anyway, uh, so. The one thing that really got to me was the backstage segment with Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns, where he was like, "He's like, let's say I know something," and I went, "Oh, I love this kind of stuff." And then, you know, Paul Heyman was like, "Well, he's not going to show up to Extreme Rules." Well, how do you know that? And I, oh, 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 now, 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 you got me. Now you got me, because now it was just like it was like an interior, it was like an interrogation by like Paul Heyman. He gave him, he gave Paul enough rope for Paul to hang himself essentially, and then he did. And you don't know. And now you're sitting there again second guessing. But here's the thing. They spend way more time on the Heyman Lesnar thing that it it I'm really hoping that the 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 demon thing is still gonna be cool on Sunday because
0: and I know the match That's gonna be, great. be the best match on the card is my prediction. I'll okay. say it, I'll draw it in the sand. It's one of those things that's like they know I think part of the storyline is that Finn's supposed to be an afterthought. Um, so whether it's like the incredible upset that happens, which is highly unlikely, but it's just like, I I think this is all by design. I think this is exactly how you're supposed to think. And I think it either ends in Finn getting screwed somehow or him actually pulling the upset, which again, I don't think is happening, but I think this match once, once they get in the ring, it's going to fucking steal the show because we know Roman's amazing. We know these two have amazing chemistry before. And like, you want to talk about best wrestling over the past year. Finn Balor's right there with Roman Reigns in terms of like actual like big time matches. Like his run at NXT was one of the best ever, I think, in terms of a champion. Yeah, and, and wrestling wise.
1: Wrestling wise, you're absolutely right. He made me believe, yeah. and, and that's great. However, when you get to Sunday, like I just said with that promo, it made me think, okay, they're selling the idea that Brock Lesnar may show up or not, which is the reason to watch the fucking pay per view, you know? So I they did a great job with somebody that may not even make it from Saskatchewan to wherever they're going to be. I, I forget what the exact uh, pay-per-view is, but there's so many things where I went, oof, like, this is out of its world, and they, they did a great job with that. Um, not a hell of a lot more that I want to talk about on SmackDown specifically. I do want to mention Seth Rollins' promo I thought was relatively good. I thought that blaming the fans and, and blaming Edge, and it, I, here's the part that, they, they're again, little things. He said in there specifically, you guys are, you guys are giving me crap on one of the biggest wins of my life, and I beat him. I didn't go too far. I beat him with a legal move. A legal move. And all of you are hating me. It's not my fault. I didn't cheer Edge to come back. You know, and, and that aspect of it, I went, the best heels in the, in the world always believe they're right. And, and look no further than Rollins. Rollins believes that he's correct. And I can get into that every second of every day when someone can can justify their means, justify the reason they do something. So when I, I and obviously I just wanted to give the comeback to the suit, honestly. That silver thing looked like ridiculous. That was fire. I don't know where Rollins and Becky get their gear, but she looked like Sporty Spice and he looked like a space moon man. I don't know what the hell was going on there. But they must go through the They've both got bin. the money.
0: They got the money now in WrestleMania, so they can buy these crazy outfits and wear them every week now. See, I thought they just, just go to, like, anything. thrifters or something, do. you know? to just... flaunt your money. You know, that's literally Corbin's gimmick right now, but these two are doing it, too. It's like, if you're rich in your heel, you got to look like a fool. you got to look like a fool because it it's, it's one of those—so,
1: there's this Batman quote. It makes me think. It's like, you know why he can be weird? Because he can afford to be. Like, that's exactly it. When I watch Rollins and I watch Becky, you're absolutely right. I don't think there's anything else that I really want to get into because we've kind of uh, glossed over everything that we like. <laughs> Let's get Heady. Let's get in, Get him off my television. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV, goddammit. All
0: right, so where do we begin? Do we get with the giant key? Does that bother you at all? No, that that segment, like, it was what it was supposed to be, I think. If I wanted a little more from it. We obviously didn't get it, um, but it wasn't – I it was – it was literally a dog and pony show for Bianca to show that she's still amazing from her hometown, and uh, to get Kane on TV with a, a big key, whatever. It would have been cool if maybe they used the big key, but I don't know how heavy it was, so maybe it's hard to like swing. But Aren't you saying that? I don't that know, it, are you saying that's a stunt key? I don't know. I, that's what I'm. Not, I, don't Is that a I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's what I am i do not you know that a not key? i do not know thats what i do not know. You wanted segment, you wanted to break the key bad, over of back.
1: It was just a segment. See, uh-huh. I thought, so I popped for Kane. I went, oh yeah, I forgot Knox County. That's funny. And then she came out with her EST gear, which was awesome. The, the you know her family and friends were there. That's awesome. The crowd. This is where she lost me when they started doing the chant. I went, I don't know what the fuck that is. You know, but I mean, obviously everybody no, in the crowd. You're not the from there. No, I know that, but I think on a universal level, no pun intended. Like you, you do lose people in that aspect of it. And then Becky comes out. Does her sporty spice whatever the hell she's wearing with her pants with her thong hanging out. But I don't know what the hell that is. And she just looks ridiculous, which she's supposed to do with her furry coats and whatever. Baby Spice, Sporty Spice, whatever Spice Girl. And then it it, it, it went on. It, right when she walked, walked in. white. I can't even talk. Right when she walked in the ring, I I thought to myself, No, oh, that's right. She's in her hometown. She's gonna get screwed over. Sure enough, that manhandle slam that puts everybody to sleep. That was it. And I that
0: that to me went. I get it. But it's like every time
1: Every freaking time
0: Yeah it's like little AEW Like has puts people over like crazy in their hometowns Where WWE just breaks their dreams It's just it's funny it's just like it's opposite Where Like it's so predictable And it was just like I don't know. That's why for me, like, it kind of fell flat because I was like, if you're gonna let Bianca get one over in Becky, why not do it in her hometown? Yeah. Because I think we all just assume going that paper that view that Becky's gonna cheat how to win on Sunday just because it's like Becky just got the title, she's gonna hold it. But make me think for a minute like maybe like okay like Bianca like maybe this was just a thing that pissed people off and they're gonna give it right back to uh, Bianca like they did kind of last year with McIntyre. They gave it to Randy for a month, but then Drew won it right back. Like what? I have no like I don't know. It's just like they they just haven't. This match, I'm excited to see it because obviously it's Becky's return match. It's a matchup we've never really seen, and I'm a big fan of Bianca. But at the same time, it's it's like they haven't done anything extra that I was hoping for to make it feel special. Instead, if it's just like, oh yeah, it's happening, I've kind of had to deal with mediocre TV for like a month.
1: I just I feel like the outcome of this matchup won't won't matter. No matter no matter what happens, I mean, like, like if it's Bianca... a
0: championship match, so it does matter. Well, but...
1: no, no, I understand that, but I mean for me specifically, while I watch it, like if Becky wins, status quo if Bianca wins, I feel like, eh, they didn't do a disservice. Like they did a, a disservice in a way because now I'm kind of like, well, that sucked, you know? And That's so- what they
0: did with Drew. It was literally what they did with Drew last year. And like, we didn't love it, but this is in, in that scenario. Cause I think a lot of us were like, okay, cool. Give Drew a break. But Then obviously they didn't. Whereas for me in this scenario, I think I'm kind of on the opposite side where I'm like, just give it back to Bianca. I can forgive this. Just forget it. Just give it back. I give it back. I want Bianca Sasha. And you know what I end, but I, I, Obviously, I think Becky's going to win, as you'll see in my predictions later. So, Okay.
1: Well, that's fair. Moving on to something spoiler else. Spoiler alert. Yeah, I know, right? Moving on. What a, what a tease, or I guess a spoiler, really. Oh, it, it's It could be a spoiler or a tease, depending on what you look at. Uh, moving on to something on Raw that really just kind of, you know, is a thing. Alexa's Playground. I, I think I put a tweet out last night, and it, it's exactly how I feel, and it summed up exactly every fiber of my being. This had the potential. The storyline, at least in my opinion, had the potential for everything. had had all the all the ingredients, in my opinion, that made me go, "Well, this is going to be exciting. I cannot wait for this matchup." And then, you know, Monday Night Raw happens with this Alexa Playground in front of the crowd, which Bliss did a great job with, like rebuttals and 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 being a normal person for a second and switching back into gears of being like, you know, whatever. But you know. Watching Charlotte not play along, and I understand that's part of her character. It just—I feel like this is a B minus C plus when it could be potentially an A plus plus. I think this this could be something that we would talk about for months at a time, and maybe this is just the beginning. And but I doubt it because the you know the draft is happening, and I feel like somebody's got to move. But who knows? I just, when I watched this and it was just like, I'm forcing you into being an adult. I want to face the five feet of fury and blah, 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 blah. It's like, you fucking said that last week. You fucking said that last week. Like, what? what you're just sending sound bites over to the guys, the poor guys that have to do the fucking package. You know what I mean? Like, and oh, here's the, the doll. It's not really about a doll, but it's about a doll. And then she called you a bitch again and whatever. It's just progress. I'm asking for progress. What what progress was there? There was none. None whatsoever. And it bothered me because these are two women that I believe are pillars, not just just of the division, of an entire organization, in my opinion. You can put Alexa out there, she can do anything. You can put Charlotte out there, she can do anything. And I'm sure the match will be great. But this is one of those moments where I will remember how unfortunately I feel because I was dreaming up scenarios in my brain that I was like, this is getting me excited.
0: And they let me down. Yeah, no, I'm with you. This this is a missed opportunity feud because I think we were looking for, um, like, when are we going to get the moment when Alexa brings Charlotte into her world and breaks her? Because obviously the beginning of the storyline, I was fine with it. Charlotte, like being Charlotte, she's not going to play games. She's not going to play with the doll. She's avoiding it. But it was like, When's the moment that Alexa Bliss kind of gets her to snap and enter her world and enter her domain and make herself vulnerable? Because Charlotte's never vulnerable and, and she shouldn't be. But this is one of those types of feuds where Alexa's like next level mind games, like she's pretty much the fiend of the women's division. The fiend always found a way to eventually make people vulnerable, which was using their anger against them, like forcing them to get into feelings that they're usually good at like controlling themselves. And we didn't have this instead i feel like charlotte pulled alexa more in her world because like you mentioned alexa's great because she can flip things back and forth but this is the first time in a while where we kind of had serious alexa for a little bit on the promo and even though alexa's amazing at it i was just kind of like huh it just this wasn't what i was expecting and sometimes that's a good thing but in this scenario i don't know it just it fell flat for me as well I didn't love the segment. And again, it wasn't at, like the two of them not doing a good job. I just didn't like the direction they decided to go with this in general. Um, I will say uh, my two favorite parts of this segment was you talk about Seth and Becky wearing ridiculous. And Charlotte's outfit was incredible. I love the red because red is such a powerful color. But the, my other favorite moment was right before Charlotte's about to fight her when she ripped off the heels. I was like, I don't know. I just, the visual, I was like, let's go, badass. But Besides that, everything about this segment kind of fell flat for me. And it's disappointing because I had a lot of hopes and dreams for this as well.
1: And, uh, you know, you can say that they kind of saved it with the one line saying, you know, who is Charlotte? You don't even know who you are if you're not a champion, which I get. But they could have pe- they could have really piggybacked off of a couple months ago or a month ago, I forget now. It seems like forever. Where Charlotte was losing her shit when she lost. And she lost and she didn't. And she was going into a tailspin. And if if they could have tapped into that with Alexa – then you could have seen an entire new layer in character for Charlotte because that was, like we said, I think I even said it, and I said, this is the most interesting Charlotte's ever been when she loses because we don't see her lose. And I think at that aspect of it, it just it, it could have tailspinned into her losing her mind and then Alexa taking grasp of her losing into her mind and doing like mirror, mirror on the wall. Who am I? Like a stepsister, ugly, blah, 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 like all these Alice in Wonderland kind of things. And just you could have, you've could have gone far-fetched with that, and I think I would have believed it a little bit more. Because Alexa does such a fantastic job of making me believe that this woman is incredibly nuts. And then you get to the point of, if you break somebody down like Charlotte, like you said, JC, that's new. That's exciting. We've, we haven't seen that before. We've seen Charlotte before. We've seen everything that they said before. It's just like, we are like, you want to talk about original? Don't give me that. And it was just like, okay, great. Like, we get it. We get it. And, like, the woos happen. And she's like, that's not originally yours. Like, I get that. But this isn't this isn't important for this feud, like it it, it had nothing to do with this feud. So I, I'm I'm over it. I I'm so bummed out. If they continue this feud and, and they write it, I'll be happy. But right now, I thought this was a it, a major faux pas and a major blemish because it it, yeah, it had, I, had in a
0: moment. Yeah, I agree. I do think that they're gonna drag it out some way after um, Extreme Rules. We'll see what they do. Um, I have like some quick heats. Go for. It. I, uh, I want to see your quick heats for once. Go ahead. Well, one thing that bothered me is that, you know, I was excited about Livin' and Tony and Mel and Zelina. I'm like, oh, here we go. But then it ended in like two seconds and was a count out. So like I feel like we say most of the week, just give these women a little more time, man. Just just like a little bit more time to show what they can do. Because this it ended up being a throwaway. Uh we have Boogs squashing the other dirty dog this week, Robert Roode, because apparently all Boogs does is squash people. But at least Apollo showed up and remember that he used to be Intercontinental Champion and we get that match next week. But like, what are we doing? I love boogs. I don't know. I,
1: it's a uh, it's a it's a weird thing because I'm sitting there. I, I'm like I, I'm half kidding when I say this, but I'm waiting for him to break away from Nakamura and start calling his fans the boogers or something. Like I just <clears throat> like I just I hundred percent think he's like boogers. You know, like he's just that kind of guy. I, clearly, they're infatuated with his guitar playing. They're infatuated. Yeah, with it's, him. Good, it's great for the live crowd. Is phenomenal. Yeah,
0: McAfee yeah. fucking puts it over the moon.
1: Yeah, and I think that's important. I get that, but you know, you go yep. to a live event, it's still going to get over eventually. But then what? I mean, it's like you know. It, then what we get to we I think honestly the show should be named then what because I mean you know now what what do we do after that but um there I agree with you we there, do we yeah I agree I mean the yeah, job sorry. alert was whatever but it's just it's that and then like you said that the women don't get a shot that was a, a count out jobber alert I guess you could look at it that way it's interesting to me why not not why not to give like the real stars and I'm not saying that like in a mean way but I mean like the main event people the upper middle the upper middle upper middle excuse me give them squash matches then give, 100%. The other, then give the other people
0: like this the time. Exactly. That's how you that's how you build them up and make us take them seriously. Like you can be like, oh, well, we put Zelina on TV every week since she's returned, but yeah, you put her on TV for maybe like three minutes. Why not have her and fucking Liv Morgan have a 10-minute match? If they fail, they fail, but like at least give them a chance. And maybe Roman Reigns fucking squashes Robert Roode this week instead of fucking Boogs. Yeah. But I will say um Sammy beat Dominic again, but at least this one I believe was the first one that wasn't a job alert. So it wasn't a job alert. You're right, JC. But the
1: other thing too, and thank you for reminding me because it got lost in my notes here. As much as I didn't like that it was a, you know, a quick match and whatever, the one thing I really did enjoy was Pat McAfee and Michael Cole talking to Ray and making Ray seem like a little league dad. I I love that aspect of it. It's so tiny. I do, but not na- but this is the part that makes me mad. We're not going to get the heel. Not, not, neither of them are going to be heels. I will I will be shocked if there's a heel turn. I, I will rejoice. I mean, Rey Mysterio will be maybe a reluctant heel, like you're not listening to me, but not like a real heel. Dominic won't be a real heel. Gee, golly gosh. But there's more of an upside for Dominic to be a heel, I guess. But this is the part that makes me mad. Is just the Little League dag thing was great, but nobody's going to commit to it. Nobody's going to commit
0: to being the bad guy in this situation. It's just like, what are we doing? I think the problem is with this is that if they are going to flip one of them heel, I think they're going to wait till WrestleMania season. Cause I feel like Ray would want to like have his swans on or whatever, put his son over at that. The problem is we're so far away from that. It's like, how do you do this effectively for the next whatever months? so you, you can't and be interesting. So that's my problem with this feud. The only other note I have before we get to the hope is that, uh, You know, it's Extreme Rules, so you had to get Mr. Extreme, I guess, on the card, and uh, Jeff Hardy, out of nowhere, qualifies for the U.S. title match to uh, get in there and probably get beat up by Sheamus and Priest a lot. I was excited because
1: I've seen Priest and Sheamus, and that's a great match. I I actually really enjoyed Hardy and Priest last Mm -hmm. week, so I went...
0: Sheamus and Hardy was very
1: good last year, too. Right, exactly. That was a hot feud. And I think we really enjoyed that feud. So I'm okay with this triple threat. The one thing I will say was this brought me back down to reality in terms of Damian Priest. He was on commentary, and he just was watching buses go by. Yeah, that's not his his strong suit. He didn't, I mean, no offense to him. He's doing a great job, but that is an opportunity for you to really get your character over. And I was sitting there going, they're feeding you lines, and you're not taking them. (laughs) Like, you're you're sitting there. I mean, did you have an out-of-body experience? I don't know. But if they put a microphone in front of you, that's your opportunity. You better eat that microphone up. You better take that time because that does not come to everybody. They put you out there for a reason. And if you're good at it, you're going to get more time. So, really, I thought this was a huge step back for him in terms of, like, his character development because, yeah, we got the fighting champion thing and Corey Graves did the best that he could trying to initiate that. But it was a lost opportunity for Priest, and I think they're going to cool off on him a little bit. I mean, he's not going to lose on Sunday, in my opinion. But it's it's one of those weird things where I went, well, he's not going to be de-pushed, I guess. He's just he's
0: well, not, I he's getting a think what makes, what makes him cool is that he's the mysterious man of few words. Then so why I put him on put, commentary? Well, no, that's what I mean. It's like, if you do put it on commentary, maybe he sits there with his sunglasses on, just relaxed. And maybe he says like two words and they're trying to ask him and he's just like chilling or maybe he's flirting with the girl in the front row behind him or the ring girl or something. Or maybe he's like, you know, just joined by something. It's like his whole character is that he's cool. Sure. The more he talks, the less cool he is. So just you can put him on commentary, but have him be cool. Have him just eat up the scenery as opposed to fucking talk about the scenery. What, if, what, I mean? he, what if they had him uh,
1: in a, in a hot tub?
0: <laughs> I was going to say that Christians yeah. do
1: actually put him yeah. in a hot tub with a bunch of women next to the ring. I don't think the kids <laughs> would mind, but I'm sure the parents would be like shading their eyes saying, don't look at that. So, eh, dads might be okay with that. And the woman might be too. Hey, Damien Priest ain't a bad looking guy. I so. mean, you know, if Roman Reigns does certain things to women, I'm sure, you know, discount uh, Roman <laughs> over there, as we called him. He, he does. He looks like discount Roman. We have Roman Reigns at home. We don't need that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's move on.
0: Um, I don't I'm ready to get home for you? Sure, what the hell? Let's get hopeful. Glorious! You are my only hope, and I'm going to the 2.0. No, not the team that went to AEW, but NXT 2.0 and WrestleMania. You know what gets me hopeful? It's because, you know, we've kind of talked about the AEW, or no, Jesus, the NXT Women's Division, kind of struggling. Raquel really hasn't made her mark, and I think it's not all her fault. The Women's Tag Team has been kind of lame, but there's one thing since the 2.0 started that has made NXT Super hot fire. And you know what? Almost always in the shine worthy. And that is toxic attraction led by the now brunette Mandy Rose. Uh, she also has Gigi Dolan and JC Jane by her side. And I'm looking at that. And I'm like thinking, hmm, toxic attraction. Three people NXT, Three women's titles. That sounds like a hope to me. Mandy Rose for NXT champion. Jane and Dolan for the women's tag team champions. Make the best part of the NXT women's division, the face of the NXT women's division, and do it soon. Find a way to screw Raquel. Whatever. Do what you got to do. Maybe she's uh, posting way too many uh, videos with Braun because that's I was gonna literally say. all she does. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, make Mandy the face. And you know what's great about that is because you know what it can lead to, Nestlemania? You know what I see when I look at Gigi Dolan? I see another star. So you know how you raise her up? Well, you have her be in the tag team, but eventually her and Mandy are going to get into it and Mandy's going to put her over and she can become the face. So it makes sense to me. Toxic attraction, super hot fire. My hopes, always super hot fire. Hashtag JC knows. Hashtag JC's hopes come true. Always in the shine and now in the hope, baby.
1: You know, I'm a big Gigi fan, so I'm all in on that. I think that's a great idea. <laughs> I told you, Gigi's like right there. Right there. Anyway, so my hope is also piggybacking off a face and uh, and women, essentially. But a one particular woman's face um,
0: is basically... Are you all right over there? <laughs> the way you said that. I'm uh, going to piggyback off a face and a woman and one woman's face. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It made me laugh. <laughs> uh, I'm glad it made you laugh. I saw a spit take <laughs>
1: out, but I didn't know what the hell happened. Uh, ah! So anyway, uh, I'm going to go back to SmackDown where uh, you saw Carmella supposedly break her nose. And I was very excited. It makes me feel like my hope is very specific here that we're going to get that Cody Rhodes. Oh, uh, in- yep. I want that so bad with the paper bags. Um, not specifically paper bags, but I did chuckle when Cody used to do the paper bag thing that I'm hideous. Don't look at me. I think having that, and the other thing too is that Liv said, I'm going to make you as ugly on the outside as you are on the inside, which is a great line from that 70s show, by the way. But I I love that because it, it made me go, okay, here's some legs here. Let's give them a chance. Let's give them a moment. And, of course, they had the backstage segment. She's like, I can fight her. I can fight her. And, of course, Lena's like, your face is still beautiful and all that stuff. But I'm going to need another match here. I think it's happening in Extreme Rules or next week. I can't remember which one. I'm going to need her to break the nose again. I need her to, to do something where it's like an incident, you know, and then Liv can capitalize on that because – Liv can then be the most beautiful person on SmackDown or in the WWE, or call herself the new. All that stuff can happen because we can look at Carmella again, and and we know what she is, and she's very good at what she does in that lane. But a disfigured or horrified, horrified kind of Carmella, that makes me very hopeful. That makes me interested because imagine if like she goes to SmackDown and like tries to get a hug from Corey Graves, and he's just like. Like, the friendship hug. You know? And, like, sure. And, like, you're not as pretty as you used to be. Like, all that stuff. like. But then you can turn her into a giant baby face if she can, you know, flip that script and and realize that, you know, beauty's on the inside. I think that's great. Now, whether or not they do that, this is why we call it a hope. But I want to see it. I want to see her be disfigured in a way that, you know, really makes a character change here. Because they took away the best part of her, which was the entrance. And now I don't know what to do when she's out there. So...
0: At mm, least, I think most people know
1: what to do. Well, I have to do this, so <laughs> you know, which I'm not gonna. Yeah, I put his hands up for Jesus. Anyway, yeah. so yeah, so it's just you know, what do you do? At least this is interesting. And honestly, Liv Morgan needs something, and this is at least something for her because making her the most beautiful person or showing somebody that they aren't as beautiful as they think they are, kind of thing. Like, at least it's something. Let's get to it. Let's do it. Let's go all in on it. And I'm I'm very excited for it. So that's my hope. Hashtag Nestle's hopes come
0: true. Hashtag Nestle
1: knows. Hashtag, whoa, it's only smoking mirrors.
0: Yeah, your hopes don't come true. But I hope this one does. Uh, But a little housekeeping on your hope. Liv and Zelina are facing on SmackDown. But on pay-per-view, it is Liv Morgan versus Carmella. So something will definitely happen there. But, you know, we're talking about smoking mirrors. Don't call it a comeback. This man is the greatest wrestler of all time. Cody Rhodes is back. and he's definitely getting my comeback. Nestle knew it on Twitter. He tweeted it from the Jabinocker account because, you know, he's pretty good at picking out my comebacks when they're pretty obvious like this one. So Cody Rhodes is getting it. He's facing Malachi Black on Dynamite this week. And you know what, Nestlemania? You ready for a little mini-hope in my comeback? The internet wants so fucking bad for Malachi Black to win. And they're all threatening to fucking throw a fucking hissy fit if he loses that, by God, I want Cody to win just to watch the world burn. Because I agree, Malachi Black probably should win, but that's why he shouldn't. Let Cody get the win because the other big discussion is that, oh my God, Cody needs to turn turn heel. And Cody's like uh, saying all these things on Twitter about, you know, it's one of those things like I have a responsibility to the kids and I'm a role model. I'm doing all these things like I can't do it. To me. When I watch wrestling, those are the things where I look, it's like, well, you're telling me you're going to turn into a fucking heel at some point. So, you know what? I'm embracing all of it, but the first way to do it, if they're going to do that, is to have him fucking beat Malachi Black. I don't care how they do it, but, man, I just want to watch the world burn. More specifically, the IWC, because they're a bunch of little cucks.
1: Wow. See you. See you. I'll see you in the parking lot. The nail comes up next Tuesday. Uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, uh, yes, great hope because I saw it a mile away and obviously I could see his suit a mile away when he's coming down those goddamn bleachers. Mm. It was such mm. a red. Such a red. I, I thought you were going to give your comeback to Ros- Rosario Dawson because I thought that was, oh, that was great. I love that. I thought that I was that. wonderful. I, it made no Asom sense was on
0: Dynamite, baby.
1: No, no, uh, no, uh, no sense whatsoever, but I, I thought it was great. I'm a big, big fan of her. So uh, my comeback goes to 2.0, actually NXT 2.0. And that is my boy, Carmelo Hayes, getting a new kind of feeling and attitude, getting his boy Trick Williams with him. I thought that was great. Uh, obviously, I can speak volumes about how much Carmelo Hayes is going to just tear everything up. But I like that it's no longer the, gee, golly, gosh, I'm happy to be here. I'm, I'm great yada, yada. Now it's more like down and dirty. I'm going to hurt people. I thought that was great because you can only do that for so long. And honestly, I've seen him on the independents do a great job being a heel. I think JC will love him as a heel specifically because I think he's definitely in your wheelhouse in terms of what he can represent. I think he's got that Sasha feel sometimes when he comes from Boston, especially. And uh, I think you guys are going to fall in love if they go the Killanova route. I don't know if they will, but if they do with the kind of an entourage and the whole thing and the presentation, I think with trick doing whatever, what he said, the gift the gab and the gift the jab. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Although it seemed like he may have forgotten a line or two. It's his first time. I'll give him a pass. However, Carmelo Hay's got big deals coming up here. I mean, I'm hoping they don't just settle them with a tag title shot,
0: which it seems like that's where they're headed instead of the North nah. American,
1: but we'll see. Nah.
0: See, I think, to me, this changed the reason why they did it is because they looked at it it's like, well, Tommaso Ciampa, the NXT champion, babyface, swerved, leader of Hit Row and the North American champion. Like, even though they have heel tendencies, they're a fucking babyface team because they're fucking, like, the best thing ever. So... No matter which way he goes, I think he had to be a heel if it's going to be legitimate. I'm assuming it'll probably be the swerve route, but you never know. Even if he goes with Champa, like, again, he had to be a heel. So I like that move as well. And WrestleMania. I think that's going to bring us right into the big old finish because, like we said earlier, we got a lot to get through. Um, but quickly, uh, NXT, I was looking and searching for what is going on this week, and the only thing I could find is a cruiserweight title match between the human sleeping bag and the human snore, Kushida and Roderick Strong.
1: Oh, good. I need to fall asleep. Yeah, I sold that match, right? I, oh, I, it sounds great. Mundane. Oh, was, I guess it's Tuesday Night NyQuil. It is It is bad. Yeah. I mean, it is. Sorry, Diamond. First off, I just want to say specifically, I don't want to get too much into it, but those Creed Brothers wrestling in that tag match, I don't know who thought that was a good idea. And yes, they might be badasses, but those were Bumble and Stumble and Fools, and no, no sense at all. It just, I was sitting there going... I was sitting there going, I screamed. I'm not exaggerating here. I screamed at my television. I went, end it. Just fucking end it. Because watching these two goofs in singlets that don't fucking match, like they're just like, I'm
0: here. I'm going to put you in a hole.
1: Like, what are we doing? What are we doing? And then Malcolm Bivin comes out and he's like, this woman wins from the fucking rock show. Woohoo. And then you got Roddy over there. This is, to me, this faction. This is not, this is not Diamond Mine. This is like Kubrick zirconium. It is, it makes no <laughs> fucking sense. It's, I I cannot, this is the faction that is a wet fart for me throughout everything. You can, I, I am so done with the Diamond mind. it's ridiculous.
0: You can, you can throw anybody in there. I'm not giving a shit about this. I actually agree with you and I'm glad, uh, like I, a lot of people like really like gun-ho about the Creed Brothers and I've watched them like however many oh times God, they've been on it's now. It's like what the fuck is this? Not great, not great, Bob. But you know the rest of NXT. Like we said, they got toxic attraction. They're gonna be Gucci. But before we get to Grand Slam and we get to Extreme Rules, uh, head over to Jabbernaka.com and check out all our weekly content because we got you covered on NXT, on AEW, on Impact, on Ring of Honor. My boy TJ even I put up an article. Uh, yesterday, I believe, right? Yes, about Um, Owen Hart being an AW. About the Owen Hart and AW thing. So it's a great read. I read it yesterday. So make sure you check that out. As well as this weekend, uh, the entire staff's predictions for Extreme Rules will be posted on jobberknocker.com, tpublic.com slash jobberknockers, where you can buy the merch, all the podcasting platforms. Give us five stars, five flames, a nice review. Tell people about it. Download it. We appreciate it. Twitter at jobberknocker. All the staff is listed in the comments of this podcast. Facebook, Instagram is also jobberknocker. So check us out on all the social. We appreciate it. Big fun week of wrestling, so communicate with us. Uh, on SmackDown, we mentioned Liv and Zelina. Also, we have an IC title, Knocking Apollo. I don't expect anything special out of there, so I don't know if you have a comment or not, but I think we can move straight to AEW.
1: Let's go to New
0: York, baby. All right, so we're going to start with Dynamite. There are five matches, I believe, uh, scheduled for Dynamite, and uh, we obviously have the big one. so I'll do that last. But first up, we have MJF versus Brian... Pillman Jr., your thoughts? I like that uh, Pillman's getting a, a little bit of time.
1: thought his promo was pretty strong last week. I like that with Jim Jim Ross. This is MJF show, so he ain't fucking lose. He just lost. He's got to need a fucking win, so MJF yeah. wins. And I think that's hard for me to to, to reconcile. It's just like he needs to fucking win at the end.
0: Yeah, this is, this is, I think, the one that, if anything's going to be a squash in this show, it's this one because this is MJF getting his shit back. But again, I like the shine that Pillman has gotten. I think MJF can elevate any baby face, so I think this was a good choice. Uh, next up, we have a match. Stain is wrestling Nestlemania alongside Darby Allen against FTR. You know what I want from this match? I want FTR to fucking kill Stain. I want to see it, baby. I want to see it. Like, obviously, they're going to be FTRs, so they're like... They fucking go hard, but these guys are fucking safe. So I want to see Sting take a few of their moves. And he already did. But I want FTR to win in dominant fashion.
1: I think Sting has to win because he's Sting. Boom! He's got that Sting money. And he's Dom's favorite wrestler. All right, Dom loves him. What if we break Sting? Dom would not be happy about that. Seth
0: Rollins already broke him once. Yeah, and
1: that's why Dom doesn't like (laughs) Seth. Dom doesn't like anybody that touches Sting. Are you kidding me?
0: Well, then you ain't gonna like FTR after this. Do you match think Sting's gonna, gonna
1: take a shatter or a big rig, I guess is what they call it now? Do you think he yeah, has, he already took one. I, no, to I mean, I mean one. another one. Do you think he's gonna actually yeah, take it? I
0: think it? so. I think that's how the match ends. I think they're pinning Sting. I really do. I think they are. I think they're giving FTR a big win here because I think at some point uh this Darby and Sting marriage needs to show some cracks, and I think this might be the beginning. Okay, fair enough. You sold me. Yeah, next up we have Cody versus Malachi Black. I want Cody to win. You know what? Fuck it. I'll pick Cody to win because I want your fucking tears, internet. Um, but I think this one, I think they're going to pull out all the stops. This will probably be a pretty physical match. I would think this is the way you start the show off. Although I will say this much,
1: what they should do if there's, you know, very, 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 very good. Just let Daniel Bryan and, and Omega start. So they get the most time. Like, cause that's what everybody wants to see. Anyway, if you put it towards the end, it gets rushed. People don't see it. Yada, yada. But if not, Malachi Black and Cody need to go up. I'm going to go with you on the Cody thing only because there's going to be a third match. So you got to have it be a rubber match. So that makes more sense to me.
0: The other big match on the card we have not yet mentioned is the Women's Championship. Ruby Soho, who won the Casino Battle Royal, gets her shot at the DMD, Britt Baker. They had a fun promo segment last week. I believe it was on Rampage. Uh, But you know what, Nestlemania? AEW is the Britt Baker show, so she will retain.
1: I kind of of agree with you because I thought to myself, I'm like, she just literally showed up Ruby Soho. So there's no way, especially with Big Mo on the side of, you know, the DMD. I mean, this is a tidal wave at this point, and I think the crowd just knows it. So I'd be shocked if Ruby won because I think that it would be do more disservice to Ruby if she wins right away.
0: Agreed. 100% agreed. I think this is – Ruby, to me, looks like an underdog, acts like an underdog, so – going to knock her down this is how you do it because you gave her that quick shine she's here but knock her back down and brit i mean like i said this is the brit train she should not drop that thing anytime soon but we, what we think will be the main event uh a dream match for many kenny omega and brian danielson nestle mania um it's a non-title match so it obviously opens the door for brian danielson to pick up a win here but uh i don't know i just feel like I still feel that Kenny lost to Christian unless if they really, really want to make him vulnerable. I think Kenny's going to find a way to win since it's on TV. It might go WWE and we might get a lot of gaga as we do in every fucking Kenny Omega match. We have that fucking moron with his little spray bottle and all those fucking big Tublin fucking Impact Tag Team Champion idiots always fucking show up. We have the fucking thumb coming out. So what I would love is leave all that fucking nonsense on the back. Let these two wrestle and let Kenny Omega beat them clean.
1: So you're talking me into it because I, I thought non-title means Daniel Bryan, or excuse me, Bryan Danielson, whoopsies, Uh, wins because it's a non-title match, which I'm going to say is going to happen,
0: which I, I I believe I think that. that's the most likely scenario, right. but my hope is that they're using that to sell the match, is that Daniel Bryan has a chance to win, Yeah. and then obviously he'll get a title match, but I think it would be a little, like, shocking to a lot of people if Omega just beat him clean, and I think that would be awesome. I think Bryan would be willing to do it. I don't know if Khan and company is willing to do that.
1: I think you need to, I mean, you got to parade him out. You got to give him the, the, I mean, he's, it's a WWE guy in New York in the main event at a show. He's invincible though. I understand you You don't have to tell tell me. Brian
0: Danielson has proven one thing in his life, he is fucking invincible. Like no one will care. But I also think it's like you always have this back and forth about the WWE guys coming in just beating the AEW guys. This is the AEW guy. This is the face, the champion. I would make a statement if I were them and I would have him win clean. Again, I think you're going to be right, but I would just I would love it if Kenny Omega just beat him clean and left all the nonsense in the back and we had a serious confrontation because I think Kenny Omega needs that for me to continue to care so when Hayman comes back he can fucking take that belt from him.
1: I mean, you sold me, so I'm I'm excited for yeah. it either way. That I mean, means I mean, it's, it's not going to happen
0: because I'm not going to jazz going and be disappointed on Wednesday. Well, hey, you know, you what? know what's great? Oh no, yeah, go. Yeah, no, I'm just going to say let's move on. I was going to say, you know what's great about being disappointed on Wednesday? We have two more hours on Friday, baby. And, uh, well, there's there's some there's some pretty big piles of trash in this card, not going <laughs> to lie. Uh, we have Jericho and Hager taking on the Men of the Year and Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. Jesus. I didn't need this match. I don't need this match. But I feel like with what they've been doing with American Top Team and Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page, these motherfuckers cannot lose because if they do, why the fuck are we doing this? They're just going to lose the geriatric Jericho. So Sky and Page better pick up the big win. I don't think
1: so. That segment oh. they, where they where they had shit, like, literally every other word, I went, yep. this is low-hanging fruit. Nobody cares. Like, this is stupid. And, oh, I can say shit on TNT. Oh, good for you. You know, uh, that's where you lose me. You you have no creativity when you have to swear a lot. Like, a lot, a lot. Uh, you know, Hager will take a pin, maybe?
0: Please, anybody. Just, like, just- as they, like... If these guys matter, if you're telling me Sky and Page matter and you're spending all this time with fucking Yelly McGill face, who I actually enjoy his segments because it's fucking I love the heat seeking missiles, but they need a win. They need a big win. And fucking Jericho just had a big win. He doesn't have to get pinned. Who cares? Like Hager they can, they're like they're going to be like 30 fucking UFC fighters around the ring. Have them fucking cost Hager and maybe they have like, you know, just it's, it's easy. It's easy.
1: I don't disagree. I, I I don't care about this match. I don't want to spend any time talking.
0: Me either. So we'll move on to something you definitely care about, and that's an eight-man tag. The Lucha Bros and Santana <sighs> Ortiz are taking on the HFO tag teams of Private Party and the Butcher and the Blade. I mean, the babyfaces are going to win. I don't care. This will probably be fun, but I just don't care.
1: You couldn't you couldn't make me care about any of this. I mean, all right. let's move
0: on. So we're going to go to something that... You maybe care about, probably not though. Eddie Kingston and John Moxley taking on Lance Archer and Suzuki. We know Conway will love this, but uh, (laughs) again, you
1: know, you're starting to lose me. You know, Moxley
0: doesn't lose, so Moxley's going to win, right? I I mean, he doesn't lose. He he just had. He doesn't. He He just. He just
1: has nothing else to do. So what do you do? You just give him. You know, give him dubs.
0: And now we have the match of the fucking card. Anna Jay versus Penelope Ford in the JC Bowl. Whew! Anna Jay is going to win too. She's going to keep her uh, her big good times rolling.
1: I mean, I, I, Anna Jay is obviously a JC guy from the beginning of day one-ish, but I just, you can't bet against, you can't get, you can't. I mean, like I, Anna Jay is a star, whether you like it or not. <laughs> so yeah, I pick Anna Jay.
0: Oh, I I'm gonna watch this match probably 30 times. Uh and then we have a six man tag, Adam Cole and the Young Bucks. Jesus taking Christ. on Jurassic Express, whoa whoa, and Christian Cage. Cause not so Many, of you love your multi-man tag matches. Uh I think Adam Cole's gonna get the win. But I don't
1: know. Super click is back, baby. And who cares? Like I just, you know, it's a nice thing. I'm sure it'll be fun. I won't it will be fun. I, won't I love Adam Cole.
0: Though. Give me all the Adam Cole. Uh, the Next up, we have what will be the main event, I would assume, and that is the second match of his AEW career, CM Punk, taking on Team Taz member
1: Will Hobbs. I just want to see him get him up for the go to sleep. I think that'll be cool. I, I, I want Hook to get more involved. I think having, having Hook is – it just cracks me up with the send Hook, and why don't you see Send in Hook. I just I, – I giggle about it. It's a great thing. So I, as
0: much as I don't want to see Hook wrestle, I do kind of want to see Hook wrestle, so – there it is. I do too. Uh, but yeah, I would I the reason why this match intrigues me is because this isn't a match where if like I was listing CM Punk's matches, this wouldn't be on the list because stylistically they're obviously very different. And um, but I think that's why this is exciting because I want to see how Punk does against a guy like Will Hobbs. And I want to see what Will Hobbs can do against a guy like CM Punk. So I actually think this is a pretty good opportunity for both guys. I'm excited to see it. But Nestlemania it's time to get extreme. <laughs> Six matches are booked currently. They might add more, but we're going to kick it off with the Triple Threat Tag Team Match for the United States Championship. Damian Priest defends against Jeff Hardy and the fella. Sheamus, I'm picking Priest. I'm assuming you are too.
1: Yes, and I'm giving a a specific shout-out to our boy, TJ, who did not update the sheet. So I have to do this and do it later. So, uh, I'm Nessel. I'm crying about it. He's going to give me the speech about work and kids and all that stuff. I do that too.
0: Let's move on. Wow, Nestle. I'm a heel. Check out TJ's article. Better than anything Nestle could ever write. Next up, we have a singles match (laughs) between Liv Morgan and Carmella. This is the Liv Show, baby. Give me Liv. JC picks Liv, Nestle picks Liv. Next up, tag team match for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. I'm getting hot just thinking about this one, Nestlemania. The Usos defend against the Street Profits. I'm assuming the Usos are going to win, but all I care about is that we get 20 minutes of absolute super hot fire.
1: That was something. I will also pick the Usos because I think we are definitely shipping the Street Profits back over to Raw. I think that's inevitable, honestly.
0: I am inevitable, and that does seem inevitable. Singles match for the Raw Women's Championship. Woo! Charlotte Flair defends against Alexa Bliss. Even though these two might fight again, I think Charlotte is going to win this some way, somehow. I just felt like after that
1: promo, there's no way Charlotte's going to lose. So Charlotte is definitely the king. Like, she is the kingdom. She is, she is, like, not just the king. She's not the queen. She's fucking, she's everything. She's fucking everything. Yep,
0: I agree. Next up, we have a singles match for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Becky Lynch defends against Bianca Belair. Even though I buried all the lead-up for this, I think this match is super intriguing because I want to see what Becky looks like in an actual match since she's come back and seen how much she's going to wrestle, how long she's going to wrestle, how good she looks, and uh, how and Bianca match up because Becky at her best was one of the best, and Bianca has proven she can be one of the best, but I think some way, somehow, Becky Lynch is retaining this, sadly. Becky Lynch don't lose. Pick that, that Becky.
1: Big time Beck. So whatever other random Spice Girl name she wants to come up with, I don't give a shit. She ain't, she ain't losing.
0: And Bianca getting shipped off to Raw with the rest of them. Like That's just what Nessel, it is. as always, siding with the man. Next up, we have the WWE Universal Championship. It is listed as an extreme rules match. And that is Roman Reigns defending his title alongside Paul Heyman against the demon Finn Balor. I've already said this is going to be a match of the night. I would assume that they're going to at least tease brock here some way i think the payment storyline is going to be furthered but i think it is inevitable that roman reigns some way somehow whether it's lesnar costing him or a clean win roman reigns will retain wow you do think roman reigns is going to win i thought you were going to go with i do yeah i think because i think if brock comes out i think it's more likely that he kills the demon because brock made it quite clear when he actually spoke he wants the universal title if he costs roman that title he ain't getting a shot at it at Crown Jewel. The only way he gets a title shot is if Roman Reigns is holding it. So some way, somehow, Roman's going to retain, whether it's clean or whether it's at the help of Brock Lesnar.
1: I doubt that very much that he's going to help him. Uh, I will go with one thing in particular here. I'm going to pick Roman Reigns because Mr. Ua goes all Ua, all over Ua every time. So there it is. Are we I, the
0: same on every match.
1: We are, actually. That's because it seems like it's inevitable.
0: We need some random inconsequential match to get added. Don't you worry.
1: Don't you worry. I'm sure once the things get added here, by the way, none of them except the main event apparently are in extreme rules. How do you
0: feel about that? Does that matter? I actually don't mind it because I feel like at a lot of these pay-per-views, the matches get like, there's too many of them and they kind of get ruined because of that. Um, So I kind of like that there is only one because I think it really highlights. it. Do you think they could get away from
1: these stupid named things and just make the main event an extreme rules match?
0: Yeah, no, I I definitely agree. But I think as we've had in previous discussions, they like to brand these pay-per-views because I think when you're selling tickets and four months away and you're Label something extreme rules as opposed to like vengeance. People are more likely to buy the ticket if it says extreme rules because they know what they're getting. So, that's sadly, fair, but you also now
1: it. have the, the but now you don't know if there's actually going to be extreme rules for anything except, I mean, the main event has to deliver. You're getting
0: one, rules. is what you know. There no, is, I know. You're but you're buying, you know you're getting one. And I think that's why they do it. Just like Hell in a Cell, it's like, I'm seeing Hell in a Cell, Elimination Chamber. I'm seeing an Elimination Chamber match. It's TLC. I'm seeing a TLC match. Again, I don't love it because it makes shit for but I get why they do it. They're a money making business, baby. And that's how you make more money. Money, money,
1: money. Hubba, hubba, hubba. Money, money, money. Who do you trust? Me? I'm giving away free money. And where's Batman? Anyway, so, okay. On that note, I think that's everything. Uh, Unless you have anything more to say. You look like you've been uh, gassed to the gills here.
0: Oh, baby. Am I ready for some toxic attraction on Tuesday nights, baby?
1: So, well, JC's got his hand on his pants. We'll see you next week. (laughs) For more Jobber Knocker.